I'm on my fall shit right now. That's what I'm on. I'm not. A, I've I'm had a not a big pumpkin spice what? lattes myself. Well, see, I don't, I don't do the pumpkin stuff, but I'm a big like pile of leaves guy. I'm a big. Oh, the piles of leaves guy. are beautiful. I had a pumpkin beer over the weekend. That was pretty tasty. Like the nice, the ones with all the spices, like the pumpkin pie spices. I think mm. the spices go better in a beer than a coffee, personally. I could definitely see that. I mean, when I was in Pittsburgh, I went to this one festival that was sponsored by whichever brewery makes pumpkin, and they had a bunch mm. of pumpkin around. And I got to admit, I thought it was pretty good. I'm not a big pumpkin flavored stuff. Like, I like a pumpkin pie if it's made with real pumpkin. A- Ashton sure. Kutcher shows up and you're like, are you pumpkin me right now? <laughs> you're on pumped. Uh, <laughs> now that I have your attention, can I tell you about how much I love the CIA? If we yeah. didn't have the CIA, our way of life would suffer. That's why I have the CIA hat and CIA coffee mug. <laughs> Is that what Everybody that I used to be to famous with are Scientologists yeah. now, but me, I went a different route. Three-letter agency. <laughs> <laughs> he does love the CIA a, a weird amount for someone who's just an actor. Like he, he posted a Twitter picture with a CIA like hat and mug at some point. I don't remember that's crazy. why. That's yeah. I don't. I, how how are like him and Office Jim are like CIA guys? Well, that that's what I was gonna say. Is like it seems like a pretty big downgrade from Jim Office for the <laughs> CIA PR team to be like, who do you got now? Who's your follow up for Jim Office? And they're like, uh, Kelso. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't understand. You don't get it because the whole point of getting Ashton Kutcher involved was so like. Over the years, there are assassination attempts like on Castro, on Kim Jong-il, and later Kim Jong-un. They've all failed miserably. Uh, So the reason that they're recruiting Ashton Kutcher now is because they want to go a different direction. Instead of killing democratically elected leaders, um, you know, that they can't control, they're going to punk them. And that's how they're going to gain control. They're they're, they're going to (laughs) cause the leaders to lose face. Their embarrassment. Yeah, like those yeah, Russian yeah. pranksters who convinced Stephen King to to say that he loves like a famous Russian fascist <laughs> or, or Ukrainian fascist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Convinced is definitely a strong, considering they were just like, hey, can you shout this guy out? And he was like, hmm, should I Google him? No, I think uh, I can just trust <laughs> these random people on Twitter when I have millions of followers. I'll do it. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's the funny thing is like, I, I who who would they even try to get to assassinate Kim Jong Un now? Like, are you gonna try to MK Ultra Dennis Rodman? That dude is <laughs> impervious to mental manipulation. No, they're gonna <laughs> get too Seagal strong to of a personality. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dennis Rodman manipulates his own mind too much to like fall prey <laughs> to anything, any any of the petty schemes that the CIA might try to to work on his brain. I, they would try to ply him with drugs, and he is like, I used to take five times as many drugs and then go to a press <laughs> conference after winning a basketball game, getting 30 rebounds. This is nothing to me. Steven Seagal to learn like a new type of Kung Fu that uh, like only um, like originated in like 2018. Is, <laughs> it's is a new kind of Kung like Fu where you have to be zoomers. 80 pounds overweight for it to work effectively. Yeah. yeah, it's a new type of Kung Fu, but instead of wearing a karate gi, you wear a fucking Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you play guitar really fucking piss poorly. He entered in a bunch of martial arts competitions and like studied some like fucking fake-ass style where a bunch of the masters, supposed masters of this style, which was one of those ones that involves like hitting people without actually touching them, kind mm. of like force projection bullshit. And oh, like nice. guys came in and like were like, hey, can you can you fight me? You know, just to prove 
that this thing works and they they videoed it and it's like every real fighter that they sent in who like started grappling or punching uh one every single time mm. <laughs> very interesting yeah I, i've so, heard from uh i think it was like a, a video on youtube about like stuntmen who've worked with uh steven seagal that he has like a clause when he does a movie that like his character can never lose a fight but there was some movie where he was supposed to lose a fight so they just like had him shoot the fight and then had a stunt double like take a punch and fall over and die without like showing their face <laughs> it's pretty funny that's really funny because like to me the funny example of something an action guy always includes in their contract is jean-claude van damme has a clause in his contract where he has he's he's contractually obligated to be shown doing the splits at least oh, yeah. once in every movie <laughs> that he's in because i guess he's just super proud of the fact that no matter how old he gets he continues to be able to do the splits to be fair I've never been able to do the splits. So to me, it's yeah. impressive. But to, to <laughs> say like my character could never lose a fight. It's like, buddy, there's a reason you're not a writer. Okay, Steve. Like <laughs> <laughs> a character who never loses a battle. Like, I guess one punch man is that, but one, one punch man, like the whole appeal is that they took this idiotic premise and they were like, okay, we're going to really do it. We're going to mm -hmm. actually do it. Whereas Steven right. Seagal actually with real believes people. in like, Superman. Did yeah. you guys see that really <laughs> shitty live action commercial for this like new video game that came out uh for One Punch Man? There was like a mobile I... game and they had yeah. like just the just just the most like uncannily awful uh live action advertisement for it. Mm. I I hate a live action version of an anime pretty much universally, but I especially hate a mobile game. I yeah. if, if I see an ad for something <laughs> and the words mobile game come up on the screen, my brain just like erases the last thirty seconds of memory. Gone and on BB Bloodus. <laughs> there's nothing we hate more than a mobile game, with the one exception of Raid Shadow Legends. If Raid you'll use <laughs> BB BB Bloodus Raid Shadow Legends BB Legends. <laughs> Yeah. BP That's right. So welcome to BP yeah. Bloodus, everybody. The only podcast that is not sponsored by Rage. <laughs> the only one. Yeah, they've they gotten, will only they've be sponsored by them down the barrel of a gun. A Rage yeah. sponsor, a Rage Shadow Legend sponsorship comes from the barrel of a gun, as Mao said. <laughs> but we do, we 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 are sponsored by a, a a VPN, but it's a shadowy secret VPN, and we're not allowed to tell you the name. We just have to tell you to to go and seek out the clues to find it. <laughs> uh, but uh, speaking of uh, people picking up on things, apparently there is a version of Doom that Jeremy Corbyn was spotted playing recently. Uh, this is an <laughs> arcade version of Doom that has been modified so that you can kill Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Well, if there's anything I learned from the uh, anti-video game hysteria of the late 90s, early 2000s from our good friend uh, Jack Thompson... <laughs> Uh, the famous anti-video game attorney, it's that if you create a Doom mod, uh, it means you want to do the thing you do in the Doom mod in real life. So clearly, Jeremy Corbyn's planning to resurrect Margaret Thatcher and then kill her again because that's <laughs> what she fucking deserves. <laughs> Either that or he's planning to go to hell and murder her there where she's currently reigning supreme and finally gain <laughs> vengeance. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising at all to me if she took over hell, you know, pretty much as soon as she got there. The game came out <laughs> in 2021. When did she die? Like a long time before that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love that this picture, because I, I assumed like it would be like the first, there's a picture where it's just like Jeremy Corbyn playing the uh, arcade cabinet and like not looking at the camera. But then the second picture is like him posing next to it and kind of like gesturing awkwardly to the screen. 
So they were like, Jeremy, can we get a picture of you playing? And he's like, oh, sure. Check it out. I like this game. It's awesome. <laughs> so uh, Margaret Thatcher arrives in hell and she looks around and she's like, if this is hell, then why are there no IRA members here? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's why is really it called Thatcher's too, tech base? What does that mean? Yeah, somebody, um, the, the person who posted it, who I think originally got this going, said, went to the Mick Lynch rally at TWT, and it was honestly more Boonson than most gigs I've been to. Let's fight that. <laughs> so apparently, uh, like, they only saw Jeremy Corbyn playing this modded game because they were at, like, a, a pro-rail uh, union event at this other event in the first place. So, I mean, there are big things happening in the UK right now. I know that there's a planned october 1st strike that's gonna be like rail workers uh dock workers mail workers and other transportation workers all at the same time in response to both the failure of of like wages to go up but also the price hikes that are going to be happening uh to a lot of uk citizens so it seems like the they're really lucky over there to have a, a really strong network of like union and labor activists and this is labor with just an o not the stupid ass party uh (laughs) this is like the workers and stuff yeah Yeah. what's going on okay wait so they're they're doing rail strikes over there are we still doing a rail strike in the united states is that still going on oh man well if anybody wants to hear us talk about this really in depth i did just record a whole episode of work stoppage where we cover this again but uh over here it's been kicked down the road for the two biggest unions because that tentative agreement came out and now they've got a vote mm-hmm. on it which is going to be a months-long process so blet and the other one the sheet the sheet metal and transportation union which are the two largest are going to take a really long time to vote on this, especially because it's going to be kicked down the road probably till after the midterms because there's all this mm. political energy that's kind of getting infused in there, which is really unfortunate. But the um, the union for, what's it, what is it called? Like Rail Watchmen, and it's not signal engineers, but it's something similar to that. They, um, they're going to be able to vote by, I think, October 17th or something like that. And if they decide to go on strike, or if any one of the many unions that are voting on this decide to go on strike, they're going to paralyze a much larger section of the industry than they actually represent. Because, of course, it's all vertically integrated and horizontally Mm -hmm. integrated. So like, if one union goes on strike, you know, up to like 40% of the industry could suddenly become unusable if the trains aren't getting loaded or if there's nobody watching the signals or if the conductors aren't there, or if the people who load the trains aren't there, if any one of those things happens, uh, the, the rail network is fucked. But the can has been successfully kicked down the road at least a little ways, mostly by intervention from the Democrats, specifically Joe Biden himself. Hmm. Yeah. Well, cool. So, it sounds like everything's being handled well. Uh, they're not just... <laughs> putting it off and like shoving all the they're doing the, the the perfect technique of cleaning your room where you shove all the stuff under your bed you pull your blanket down so it's hidden and you hope that it won't explode out while your mom checks and goes oh you cleaned your room good okay hold up everything's is that normal not, is that not how you're supposed to do it yeah you're just telling me my whole life you're just telling me this now for the first time <laughs> the rug i've been sweeping things under is two feet tall now <laughs> like, at this point no but it would be really crazy to see like concurrent rail and transportation strikes going on in the UK and the US at the same time because that's like number one and number two, maybe three in the Imperial Core right now. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean really looking forward to that, especially with all the labor energy we've been seeing around the world 
uh, you know, like the Indian farmers movement was one of the biggest movements of all time. All the nurses and mm -hmm. teachers strikes, all the COVID strikes, stuff like that. But uh, let's talk about um, some institutions that are not really being faced with unionization or really all that much pushback at all. Churches. Uh, so we have an article here from the bite or from futurism.com, their little imprint called the bite that says churches are using shameware apps to make sure their members don't watch porn. They can see everything. And so particularly <laughs> huh. they have an evangelical Southern Baptist church called grace point, which, uh, made their members install this app on their phones as a quote accountability partner to make sure that they're not watching adult video entertainment. This is interesting because like, oh like if you're a member of a church that you're, you, you take the church so seriously that like you're installing a spyware app on your phone so they can see when you're jerking off. Um, <laughs> like you're probably also tithing. So it's interesting to note that like, Usually, uh, if you let your employer put spyware on your computer, they, they are at least employing you. They pay you. But these people are paying the church for the privilege. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's people, a hell of a racket. Yeah. People will let these churches have like a really insane amount of control over their lives. I had a couple of cousins who joined some church out in, not that we don't have crazy churches like that here too, but I think it was out in the Carolinas somewhere. And I remember them saying that, like, they were getting ready to get married. But as part of that, they had to go through a training program through their church that, like, prepped them for mm. marriage. And without doing that, the church would refuse to marry. So you would either have to leave and get married in a secular wedding or at another church, or you have to, like, basically go to training classes and, if I remember correctly, even sign contracts with the church that bind your behavior to certain limits going forward once you're married, which is just like, that's a cult. <laughs> I think that's what people that is. these days <laughs> yeah, are doing, doing religion wrong. All right, what happened to the good old days where religion was just an excuse to get to kill the person that you don't like and then you're like, God said it was cool. Yeah. You know? I mean, <laughs> I grew well, up in a household where they have to introduce all this complicated bullshit into it. I mean, when I was growing up, I I remember asking my dad. I was probably twelve or thirteen, and I was like, uh, "Hey, dad, I just found out that like you know, there's like tension between Catholics and 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 Protestants and stuff. And I just learned that like the Lutherans and the Baptists are all are all kind of different from each other. Which one are we?" And I remember him looking at me, probably stoned, and just saying like. <laughs> We're just Christian, okay? <laughs> which, which sounded really reassuring to me as a child. I was like, okay, that's easy. I can grasp that. But now as an adult, I was like, what he really meant was, why don't you fuck off right now? <laughs> that's right. He was like, John, let me tell you something. We are normal. Yeah. Uh, don't ask any more questions about it. Yeah. Um, kids, kids are annoying as shit. <laughs> yeah. Fuck them. Why do yeah. you even have them? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was just reading this, like, the Byte article links over to a Wired magazine article mm -hmm. about this uh this app covenant eyes and it, i noticed it says that uh it was developed by a guy named michael holm who is a former nsa mathematician who now serves as a data scientist for the company so huh. someone who would like help develop like spyware or tracking technology or whatever for the nsa is now like this is even better because you can just make it and then sell it to people because i also went to the website for the uh for covenant eyes and it looks very very similar to something like Oscar Healthcare or whatever other right. like millennial branded like 
like really nice, clean, like friendly web design. It has that like flat line work uh, drawings of people who are all happy because they're not using porn anymore. It has <laughs> Wait, like that's a really the, how much crazy... it costs. It's like two hundred dollars for a year's subscription or something. Holy shit! You're gonna pay that much to make sure you can't look at a boob? What the fuck are <laughs> so, you talking about? <laughs> so it says for 183 annually or 16.99 a month, you can get up to 10 users on unlimited devices. So you could like oh, okay. spread this across your whole church. It's pretty easy to get everyone, Ooh, uh, right. everyone blocked. You, you know what you should do is uh, use this for your family. Like set your family up as a church. Use it mm. for your family, but prevent use it to prevent them from paying microtransactions for mobile games. Yeah, or mm. watching and, and tax deducted because you're, you're set up as a church. <laughs> oh yeah, that we're, we're a useful. church that specializes in preventing people from watching Prager U video. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a really funny career path too to be like uh, an NSA mathematician and like you know probably have a PhD in mathematics and work for the government for years and then be like, but you know what my real passion is. I want to follow in the footsteps of John Kellogg and help prevent masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can do uh, I can do differential calculus and non-Euclidean mathematics. I understand Gödel's incompleteness theorem in its entirety and have seen the proofs for it and done the proofs myself. But I do believe that there's an invisible man in the sky who doesn't want you waxing your carrot in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's also I noticed this website has a. Uh, a segment it's like quitting porn as a man and then quitting porn as a woman so i wonder what their like extremely like regressive gendered ideas are about like <laughs> why it like it's interesting the the for the men it had a bunch of like confessional looking things it's like dudes right. and it's like i've tried to quit before using porn makes me feel further from god and then for the women it's more just like some statistics and it's like a picture of two women talking and uh it's like weird how differently like there's a picture of a man and a woman sitting on a couch together. It's like for the men, it's like this is shameful and their like wives aren't involved. But then for like, I don't know, it seems like their approach for women is very different. Yeah, well, I'm I'm surprised it's not just a pink version of the web page where everything's twice as expensive. <laughs> but I mean, like that that kind of like differential advertisement, especially when it's gendered. I I, I often see that in like uh, commercials on streaming services because hims and hers. I looked it up. They're the same company. They're just two gendered wings of the same company. And all the company does is it gets you medications without, mm -hmm. you know, seeing a doctor and they mail it to your house. It's supposed to make it more convenient. I don't know how much of that is true and fucking false and not. What I do know is that when they present the company as hers, they're at mostly advertising things like depression medication, SSRIs, mm -hmm. and, and, and things kind of in that you know, general area. stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. I guess. But and then when they advertise <laughs> it to men, it's erectile dysfunction and hair retention. Those are what they're fucking talking about. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. What about <laughs> wait, hold up. What if what what if they start a third company called They Theirs and it's ketamine and Adderall? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm shocked that his his and hers hasn't made that yet. They're probably like have it brewing and they just need to like hire enough consultants to make sure that like they don't piss off any of the wrong people or actually what they want to do with when you make something like that, what you really want to do is piss off the right people. Cause there's no better advertising than some like Nazi chud with 30 followers tweets about how he hates your company. And then you can quote tweet him and be like, uh, sorry, hate has no home here. We will yeah. support overpriced subscription branded products to all of our non-binary male or female or transgender customers. And then everyone 
reacts and thumbs it up and Everyone then feels like they're doing it. something good by buying it. I guess that's true. Like if you're a CEO, there's really nothing that you like better than than some disgruntled uh, Stormfront moderator being like, oh, an LGBT flag. I thought this was Bank of America. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to be like, it is in America's finally living in 2022. And it's like, All right, why don't you shut the fuck up, giant corporation? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, it, it feels like it's honestly like a, a, a planned out pl- part of the marketing strategy for like almost every big movie that comes out because you have like there was the obi-wan kenobi show and i remember someone sharing this article that was like they had a black actress on the show and it was mm-hmm. like disney warned act whatever her name is that she would get racist hate so before it even happened they were like we know someone's going to be racist to you and we'll protect you or whatever mm-hmm. there was the little mermaid where they have a black mermaid there's the uh lord of the rings show where they have black elves or something like it feels like a like not that they're i don't i don't think they're casting people of color just because they think the racist backlash will like be useful to them, but it feels like a very engineered thing where they're like planning the cycle of backlash. So then there can be backlash against the backlash. And then it basically means it's like this beautiful, like grassroots AstroTurf kind of thing where everyone is like organically tweeting about and like talking about your product and why it's right. positive. Well, and, and, and it also is like a, I think you're absolutely right. And it's also a symptom of this kind of uh, weird inversion of the way media works in this country where everybody Mm -hmm. has has been completely convinced that the politics of a piece of media are in the demonstrated or or professed ideology of the product that you make like you watch Mm -hmm. the movie and how the movie makes you feel is the politics of the movie and it's like you know i have no objection to to you know being more racially or ethnically or sexually or whatever more progressive in the way that we cast and and, and produce these films but like uh let's see the fucking gender pay gap and the racial pay gap at the production companies and and Mm -hmm. within all of the the actors and the the grips and all of the people who do the the fucking craft services tables and everything like let me see your fucking paperwork so-called progressive company let me see what you pay all of your different fucking workers and i think when when you get down to brass tacks on an issue like that, it's much more revealing about the actual way that these, <laughs> these corporations operate, regardless of what maybe some very well-meaning writers in a writer's room might have shit out that week for their paycheck, which is fine. I don't really have any objection to that, but like it, it gets overvalued a lot as some kind of like signifier of progress when it, it just kind of feels like a, a little bit of spackle over a giant hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this Lord of the Rings show, it's like, supposedly they spent $60 million per episode. And I think Amazon also spent like some hundreds of millions to acquire the rights to even make a Lord of the Rings TV mm-hmm. show. So it's like, we're talking about, you know, massive, massive corporate expenditures. And like, when you're in that kind of situation, it's not like any of the other decisions you're making are motivated by wokeness, unless they're one that you can market. Like if you if you hire a director of color or who's a woman or whatever, then it's like, you'll probably push that as like part of the marketing of the show. But like, certainly they're not like trying to equitably hire or like be progressive in the way that they hire almost everyone else working on the show. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, there's always the issue with those adaptations and stuff too, because I feel like the Tolkien estate was super resistant to the idea of ever uh, adapting anything. And like, if I remember right, when they did the movies the first time around, they had to like, it was like pulling teeth 
to be mm -hmm. able to get the rights to to do that for the movies. And I almost think authors should be even more protective of their work than that because it's like why <laughs> you know all of the 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 like weird cycle of social politics that gets cast on this stuff aside adaptations fucking suck i've never seen a video game adaptation or a book adaptation that made me feel the same way as the original and mm -hmm. i remember uh you know when they were doing all these fantasy adaptations i was always wondering like why haven't they done the belgariad the belgariad is a really funny really heartfelt i read it when i was a teenager so if i read it again now i'm sure i'd find tons of problems with it but i i liked it and i remember thinking why didn't they do an adaptation and there's a quote from the author uh david eddings who made it clear that the belgariad and its sequel the malorian will never be adapted into any other medium and this hmm. is from a tape transcript of him talking he said nobody's going to be permitted to alter our story for fun and profit we write books not blueprints for some real swell version of the nintendariad of pac-man alorian <laughs> want our story i'm going to make damn sure that the only way they're going to get it is to break down and actually read it no moving picture version no tv miniseries no computer game and nothing that might arise in the far distant future and hmm. you know guy was a real douchebag but i do like that <laughs> quote quite a bit because it also bypasses the whole issue of like oh if you update it what are going to be the social connotations and like are mm -hmm. we going to have to compare present day to when it was written and that whole argument and it's like well one you should be doing all that stuff anyway you should probably have mm -hmm. like a perspective on history but two, yeah, like, do it yourself yeah i think we should probably be coming up with new intellectual property and maybe even getting rid of intellectual property <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah i think what happened was that uh tolkien's son christopher tolkien was like for most of his life was like the executor of his estate and mm -hmm. like you know he basically put together the silmarillion as it was actually published because he had to like cobble together all these different like contradictory notes and stuff and he wasn't really a fan of how the movies turned out like he didn't think they were like adapted the books very well so i think basically like he didn't want to have anything else made based on them and, and then he died in 2020 so i think like his son or whoever else is like now in charge was like cool let's sell it let's like make more stuff so it basically was that chain of events that led to like now Amazon can make a new show. You know what? I want to see uh, more than I want to see any kind of Lord of the Rings actual like like fantasy drama is a succession style show about <laughs> the estate of J.R.R. Tolkien and the oh, way it's yeah, handled yeah. over the years. That'd be awesome. That'd be so much better than a, another Lord of the Rings show. <laughs> a media empire about elves, dwarves, and rings of power. A son <laughs> and the son of a son who squandered it and threw the legacy for millions <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's a really interesting story it'd be cool i, I would enjoy that for sure um but <laughs> let's talk about um i don't even know how to segue into this but i just saw it and i thought it was really fucking funny so apparently on american <laughs> airlines there have been in-flight announcements where people have been hearing mysterious grunts and moans coming from the loudspeaker system in the cabin of the plane. Oh, somebody's Some... been bumping beep beep lettuce on in the flight. <laughs> <laughs> Often for the entire duration of the flight. Yeah. Um, so there's a tweet here from Emerson Collins where he says, the weirdest flight ever. These sounds started over the intercom before takeoff and continued throughout the flight. They couldn't stop it. And after landing, still had no idea what it was. And if you <laughs> click, you can li listen to it. I'll throw the audio in the episode. Mm -hmm. um, but do you guys want to hear it? Sure. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's listen. All right. Three, two, one. Uh... 
<laughs> it sounds like a guy imitating barnyard animals. Yeah. Like a really cheap, like an off-brand like thing. It's like, this is what a cow sounds like. Uh, <laughs> he says somewhere between an orgasm and vomiting. <laughs> I guess. This is so weird. <laughs> An odd anomaly, they call it. Like there's something yeah, on the wing of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how like professionally fed up this woman sounds. Like she's doing the very like the perfect flight attendant voice, but she's like, "We're very irritated too. We wish this guy would fucking stop. I throttle him if I could. Uh, we'll come back with more at this time, at a later date." The only thing I don't like about this is it just it torments the customers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I do love that it causes like a massive logistical problem for American Airlines. <laughs> it's pretty they funny. It is weird that like planes now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like why go to all this effort? I mean, maybe it's not much effort, but why go to the effort to like hack into the intercom or whatever you're doing? And then this is all you can think of to play. Like <laughs> play something creepy or funny or I don't know, play some propaganda about American Airlines like labor practices or like do something more with it than just like grunting and groaning. Like it feels like they got there and we're like, shit, what's the prank gonna be? Uh, I'll just moan, I guess. No, it's not a, it's it turns out it's not a prank. It turns out it's some sort of filter uh, on the PA or the the going theory is that it's some sort of filter on the PA that makes it that takes like background noise and filters it out so that it sounds like a human voice, but mm. uh, it really is just like really noise and the the filter like oh, makes weird. it sound like a, a voice. So there's like a like vocaloid or like a, a form. <laughs> yeah, Hatsune kind of Miku is uh, yeah. yeah in the <laughs> cockpit. <laughs> the American huh. Airlines plane has become sentient and it's trying to tell you, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I, for one, welcome our new robot plane overlord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems though. like the the like the official response is, our maintenance team thoroughly inspected the aircraft and the PA system and determined the sounds were caused by a mechanical issue with the PA amplifier, which raises the volume of the PA system when the engines are running, which is what a spokesperson said for American. Oh, so it's like one of those noise, like how when you get into a modern car, and like you rev the engine, the radio gets proportionally louder. I've seen when I was a valet, I saw that in a few different cars. Mm, and yeah. like, I guess if that malfunctions, it's kind of like if like you're trying to put things through a broken noise gate, it's gonna mm -hmm. just randomly amplify patches of silence. And then mm. if you also have some kind of like formant filter or modulation that's trying to more smoothly push it into the background and that's fucking up, that could make it sound like a voice. Which hmm. is like, I kind of don't buy all that, but I guess it could be an explanation. No, they've got, um, they've got like some sort of weird ha uh, half human hybrid in the hold of the plane. They're, they're <laughs> transporting, you know what they're doing is, uh, you know, the, the, the food crisis. They're transporting people to be turned into Soylent and mm. they have them in the hold. And they're being pumped full of chemicals, so they're tripping absolute sack. And that's why they're making noises like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this Emerson guy is some kind of, uh, he's an actor and a producer. So maybe they hired him to, like, make epic faces about how weird this is. But he's the only person on the flight who's not drugged up. Everyone around him is screaming for help. And he's like, isn't this weird that there's screaming sounds coming? Uh, I don't know what it is. 
<laughs> Who knows? He was also the only survivor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it just, it does seem weird. I was kind of hoping it was like a, a funny hacker gotcha prank, though, where he's like, I'm going to make the plane make a sex sound and you won't be able to stop. <laughs> but if it's just some mundane mechanical thing, then I guess I don't really care that much. It's like, I can't cheer for uh, a malfunctioning piece of equipment to like, fuck them up you know <laughs> yeah yeah the, this like weird gremlin or poltergeist or whatever isn't gonna like take down the ceo at any point <laughs> well let's talk about somebody who who probably could have taken someone down he might have been able to bring down the whole house of cards so this is a man from michigan gotta love him uh who <laughs> was trying to drive into uh into ontario from michigan mm-hmm. and the canadian border services agency uh, said that he was unstable on his feet, his eyes were glassy, and his pupils were dilated. And uh, he tr- during the exchange, he asked the border guard for Canada if he could buy some marijuana from him. <laughs> oh, no. He's declaring that he had oh, some marijuana and then asking if he could buy some more. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you need more if you already have some on you and you're... Yeah, this is just like... Uh, it's, like a tr- it's like a hat trick of like the things you're not supposed to do when you're crossing the border. And you're not supposed to talk about drugs. You're not supposed to have drugs in your car. You're not supposed to currently be high when you're crossing. And that one's honestly fine if you want to like smoke and then like throw it out the window and be a little high so you're chilled out. But don't be sure. so high that you're like stumbling when you're crossing. Yeah, or the that it's like visible. Your eyes are glassy. And it seems yeah. like he had been driving for quite a while because it says he's from Muskegon. For those of you who don't know your Michigan geography, Muskegon is at least three and a half hours from the Canadian border. You got into a serious zone. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just like, <laughs> I just got into a thing, man, and before <laughs> I knew it, I was in Detroit crossing the bridge. <laughs> I was, I was just feeling like going up to Canada, you know. Yeah. Well, it it's actually down to Canada from Muskegon, but sure. <laughs> oh yeah, the, you can you can go south and end up in uh, in Windsor. Yeah, know your cool. fucked up geography of your fucked up state. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always held that against Journey, man. What the fuck is South Detroit? That's Ontario, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, so city police were called to the bridge and he was uh, transported to the Sault Ste. Marie Police Service building shortly after 8 p.m. Per- quote unquote, performed poorly on a drug recognition evaluation, <laughs> to which I got to say, it sounds like this dude was performing at max capacity. If you ask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he was dri- he was driving up to like through the UP if he was driving through uh, through the Sioux. So he drove for longer oh. than uh, than three hours. Uh, it depends where Muskegon is, but like from. Uh, from Ann Arbor up there, it's like an eight-hour drive. Yeah, Muskegon would be a little bit closer to the bridge, but I have to imagine that's still at least five or six hours to get all the way up to Sault Ste. Marie. I didn't even think... Mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe there was a different Sault Ste. Marie in Ontario that he was trying I like to get that into, they, uh, but I bet you're right. He went all I like the way up that to they the said the locks. Crown and defense lawyer Ken Walker jointly called for a $1,000 monetary penalty and 12-month driving prohibition. Jointly. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> that you you were writing this news article, uh, <laughs> reporter Linda Richardson, and mm-hmm. you chose to use that word. I see what you did there. It's also yeah, funny because the driving prohibition is only effective in Canada. So as long as he doesn't try to go back to Canada, <laughs> he can still drive around Michigan. <laughs> He's fine. Justice. Michigan is and, like, look. Canada can handle this one. We're not involved. Wait, hold up. How is Canada going to collect a $1,000 monetary penalty from a United States citizen? 
We live right. in yeah, fucking like, America, in. bitch. If, if you commit the crime up there and then you don't pay the fine, regardless of where you live, I'm sure can't like the U.S. will happily extradite you to Ontario to go to a hearing and possibly be mm-hmm. put in Canadian jail. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, God, I didn't even think about that all the way up to I'm, I'm going to do the Google Maps on that. I need to know how far Muskegon is from Sault Ste. Marie because he must have been on like fucking vacation or something <laughs> yeah this is like it, i was imagining he maybe like just getting really high and was like i feel like going into canada and then just like drove all this way blazed out of his mind and then kept on and he was like oh shit i'm coming down maybe this guy maybe this guy in a weird hat who's clear, like clearly a cop has some weed i think that's who i'll ask <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll ask this mountie <laughs> with the fucking dents in his hat hey bud you got any pot i know canadians that's the other thing like canada used to be the place where you would be like oh they have good pot up in canada bc bud and all that right but it's like weed has been legal in michigan for so long you don't have to ask where to get it there are billboards on every highway in the state saying like just off this exit come and get some weed by the way muskegon to sault Ste. marie canada is four hours and 50 minutes Not too almost bad. five hours that's pretty long this is not a trip you just like i think i'm gonna drive up to canada this is like it takes a little <laughs> while it takes some planning yeah oh man well uh so let's move on to something that we were talking about a little bit before the show uh italy has just elected their first female prime minister and unfortunately we can't count this one as a win because georgia maloney is about as far Giorgio right as you Maroder? <laughs> great composer right that's what maroder was was he an opera singer? no he was a film composer right yeah and like singer i think he's on that like new daft punk song he, uh he was yeah he was in daft punk. not new but like their last album before he they was retired. the third member of daft punk yeah an aging italian <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 you think daft punk is a french house band he was like two gen s- x guys there's a boomer he was spinning in there too. <laughs> a record on his palm like a pizza. <laughs> Tossing it into the air, it gets wider and wider. Hey, that's, make that's, it, that's how I'll you make turn a twelve-inch into a full record. You take you take a twelve-inch and EP and you spin it, and then it becomes like, right. a full-size record. I make it a tech Italian composer. I was thinking of is that Lalo Schifrin? And there's another one too, Ario Morricone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah, okay. Tons of tons of westerns. I love my Italian film composers. Giorgio Spaghetti. Yeah. They, make, they make good music. Giorgio Don't ask him Ravioli. to form a government. Uh, <laughs> this lady, Giorgia Maloney, so, so she uh, is widely expected to form Italy's most right-wing government since World War II, and that's right here in BBC.com, which is a notoriously conservative publication. So if even they are like, hey, remember World War II? Italy might be up to that shit again. <laughs> it seems like we should yeah. be worried. Um, and however, speaking after the vote, Miss Maloney said her Brothers of Italy party would, quote, govern for everyone and would not betray people's trust, which is like, mm. I don't know when Italian politicians have said that shit before. <laughs> Maybe right around <laughs> World War II. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, she said to win 26% of the vote ahead of her closest rival, Enrico Letta, from the center left. Mr. Letta told reporters on Monday that the far right victory was a, quote, sad day for Italy and Europe but his party would provide a, quote, strong and intransigent opposition. And so uh, I think there's another country in Europe that just recently elected a far-right party as well, but I do not remember which one it was. Didn't Spain have an election fairly recently? 
I've been so, paying a lot so the of interesting to part Brazil, of this uh, this um, uh, female uh, prime minister is it prime minister or president yeah, whatever yeah. the fuck I think it's prime you know, minister the, the yeah. interesting part of this is like she has uh, like a lot of right wing social positions but she's also fairly EU skeptic skeptical and mm-hmm. she's also uh, it, it's interesting because I think what's <laughs> happening because of Ukraine right now is that there are uh, there are a lot of countries in the Eurozone that are starting to elect governments that are not wholeheartedly for, uh, you know, the whole the farce in Ukraine. So so it, it is you kind of have to take the bad with the good. On one hand, um, you know, the, she's probably going to crack down on a lot of, uh, you know, marginalized groups. But on the other hand, it throws kind of a wrench in the plans of like one faction of the elites and their plans for the working people of Europe. I mean, I don't know if you necessarily have to take the bad with the good, but I kind of get what you're saying. Like you're saying maybe this is like a UKIP situation and they're going to do like Ital exit or like Rome exit kind of deal. Nothing to do with canned fish. (laughs) No, but you know what I mean, right? Like when uh, the Tories uh, and and their weird offshoot party, UKIP, was was pushing Brexit, it was like a lot of people were like, is there a left argument for Brexit? Because it will fuck with the EU and German European hegemony and all of that. And it's like, yeah, it's a complicated issue, but at the same time, it's like I don't I don't want to ever have to be reassuring myself like sure a fascist is handling this complicated issue, but at least they're a difficult to understand fascist that keeps throwing me curveballs. <laughs> like, I don't know how reassuring that really is. Well, I don't know. Me. I don't I don't know what you mean. I think anything that throws a wrench in the plans of the elites, it ha- you can look on the positive side while still being critical of this politician. Like you can well, still be like, that... well, I'm glad that fucking, you know, the, uh, the EU and their like continued efforts to turn everybody in Europe into essentially livestock and kill off millions of people this winter by freezing them to death with energy prices that have gone fucking parabolic. Like anybody who throws a wrench into that plan, I think you can at least look on the bright side and still be critical of like who they are and what they're doing. I mean, that's fair. There's, there's a part of me that wonders like when we're going to get a CIA statement on what's going on in Italy. Mm. So I can know that the opposite is the correct position to have, because like, there's a part of me that does believe that like toppling the EU and destabilizing them, even if it comes at terrible, horrifying costs will have some upshots. But then there's a part of me that thinks that like, the United States is worried that the EU going forward is not going to be as cooperative with it as it has been in the past and is trying to destabilize the EU even as it continues to hold on to its ability to destabilize mm. all of the other parts of the world. So like I, interesting. I, I really wish that I knew how the State Department and the three letter <laughs> agencies felt about oh, this you will. because I feel like that would You'll give me the information that I'm asking for. Yeah, yeah you'll, you'll does, find out very soon. Like that holds a lot the... of water. Like when you see how American news outlets are going to react to uh, That's true. to this woman's election, election. but mm-hmm. um, essentially what's going on there is the trolley is going is is hurtling towards a bunch of people. It's going to run them over. You can't change what track it's on, 
but you can push some rich, pompous dickholes who think they run everything onto the tracks. Hmm. I see. <laughs> well, how do we get? How do we get all of them onto the track? And <laughs> get everyone else off. Yeah, if, um, if, if other people are going to get hit anyway, I better make sure I get every goddamn last yeah. bourgeoisie on there. Well, this, this, comes, <laughs> this comes amid the Biden administration um, voting, or not voting, I think they, or, or Congress, whatever, whoever's in charge of this shit, they're sending $12 billion more dollars to fucking Ukraine. No, they can't <laughs> stop. They're, they're the sending, last, what, $50 billion was it? How much yeah, did they send sent total? basically track. a rent payment for every American man, woman, and child to Ukraine. Like yeah, it's Christmas time in the Donbass again. <laughs> With hellfire missiles and uh, I don't I don't know enough uh, uh, weapons names to do the joke, but you get yeah. what I'm going for. <laughs> I did see that Hillary Clinton was like, well, anytime that you elect a woman, it's a break with the past. So that's a good thing about uh, Italy electing <laughs> a, a female prime minister. Oh, but yeah. Hillary Clinton is so funny because she's like, she almost never like her and her and Obama are similar on this. Like they almost never wade into like contemporary politics and are just mm-hmm. sort of act like elder statesmen. But then whenever they do, they drop some like world class stinker or do something really <laughs> fucking lame and annoying. And it's like, this is the one thing that you felt like you had to say something about or that you had to step into or whatever. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, speak, speaking of, uh, uh, world leaders or in Hillary's case, potential never realized world leaders, <laughs> uh, but still insanely popular people for some reason doing weird shit. Putin has made a very interesting geopolitical move recently in granting Russian citizenship to Edward Snowden, the famous U S whistleblower in a move that is, Sure, to piss off everybody in Washington. Uh, and to me, it's like I've seen a lot of campaigns to try and like get Edward Snowden s- safe. You know, they're like, we actually support him holding the government accountable and all of that, uh, which is like he's complicated. But that the people who support him are a very weird mix of like some are leftists. I think most of them are like weird liberals. Some are libertarians and other weird right-wingers. And there's a whole weird, the cross-section of takes on Russia that goes through that mm-hmm. Snowden cross-section is just like brain-meltingly diverse and just full of contradictions and, and people who are at each other's throats all the time. So I'm wondering, what do you think the political motivation is here for Putin to display his, his you know opposition to the U.S. government? in these kind of terms in offering Russian citizenship to Snowden. It's, it's a flex. It's basically, um, it's a fuck you to the United States because like Snowden, uh, you know, revealed basically this massive, uh, domestic espionage operation Mm -hmm. on, you know, American citizens by the American government. And we can't have that. You can't, you can't have the people of the United States finding out how the government that is supposed to work for them is spying on them. So they made him a pariah. And uh, Putin is essentially saying like, well, uh, you know, the U S state department has no power here. Right. So, so you can, you can just chill here. It's cool. Right. Yeah. It definitely has the feeling of just like a, like a establishing that like he's not going to play ball with the uh, with the state department or that like he's not going to there's no like wiggle room or anything right 
So I'm looking it up, and apparently he's been in Russia already since 2013. Uh, oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, that's where he ended up. Um, okay. I think he, For- he was trying to flee to Ecuador, maybe. He was, and he ended up like, because it was like while he was trying to run from the U.S., they like, they basically froze his passport while mm-hmm. he was in Russia. So he just was like stranded in Russia, and that's where he ended up living. Which I don't really know what like the real story. It, it's a very like strange like. Did he happen to end up in Russia? Was it like a plan for the U.S. government the whole time that he would end up in Russia? And they were like, this is when we're going to freeze his freeze his passport. Maybe. It seems like, according to the wiki, he tried to flee for Hong Kong first. Oh, right. Hong like, Kong. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're trying to run from the U.S. government, Hong Kong seems like a really bad place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they would love like, to hand you over. Yeah, Hong yeah. Kong is just the CIA's eastern campus. Yeah, well, yeah. It's MI five and six is Eastern yeah. Campus too. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Glove with the CIA. We we so talk like we you know I think we talk a lot about the CIA and the FBI. We don't talk nearly enough about how fucked up UK intelligence is. It's basically all the same types of evil ghouls, but with worse teeth. Yeah, <laughs> well, and also I feel like uh, the UK intelligence bureaus, like the the CIA and the FBI, bureaucratized and kind of cut down on like the adventurous, you know, uh, cowboy ass kind of practices that you normally associate with like 60s and 70s spy literature, you know, like mm-hmm. having a lot of sex, doing drugs, drinking, gunfights, you know, making terrible decisions and never facing consequences. Whereas like the, the UK intelligence agencies, since the empire was in steep decline and they were a, 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 a diminishingly small country at every stage along the way, they felt like they couldn't really give up on that. And so they stayed pretty cavalier and buck wild and like you know this is the wild west kind of attitude for a couple more decades than the u.s intelligence agencies did Mm -hmm. um which you know might have some interesting knock-on effects in places where uk intelligence is more prevalent such as possibly hong kong compared to places where u.s intelligence is more prevalent like costa rica and panama Mm -hmm. colombia whatever you know yeah so yeah, Putin gave Snowden citizenship, which is like, uh, it's also weird that like he got there in 2013 and Putin was like, no, you wait until we have a war and then you yeah. will be a citizen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently people are jokingly being like, is he going to get called up for the draft now since they've like just established like a national draft for military service in Russia oh, for the first time in forever? Yeah, private first class note with <laughs> yeah. a big Z on his chest. Do you guys see how like uh, there was there was some journalist who was like, "Here's a photo of uh, of Russian conscripts walking across uh, the square with Mosin Najant rifles, uh, which are have, are hundred year old rifles and woefully out of date," and then responded to it. Correction: This photo is two years old and from a reenactment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that. Oh man, it's so funny. Like, well, if there's anyone who's gonna post something made up, it's like it, it's not gonna be like the shit posting account who's brewing up some esoteric meme in the group chat. It's gonna be a journalist with a blue check and like fifty thousand followers. Yeah, oh, like there was just time. that there was just that woman who like used to work for Newsweek and has won a Pulitzer Prize and posted this picture that was like. Is there a coup happening in China? There's no planes over uh, over Hong Kong or over uh, Beijing currently. And then everyone was like, "No, that's a fake d- picture. Uh, there are planes over over Beijing and China currently." And then she like quote tweeted and was like, "It appears this was fake," but like didn't delete the original tweet. <laughs> just left it up. I that am a rocks. very serious journalist. That's why I yeah. have the blue check. 
Yeah. Well, speaking of very serious journalism, I just saw an, an article in Fox News when I was just kind of crawling the t- the front page of the regular internet news results. And mm-hmm. I don't normally like try to get my finger on the pulse of what, you know, normal America is getting in their news, but this one like really broke my brain. The headline just reads, "Green Group Influencing Biden Admin Has Deep Ties to Chinese Government." Watch out, Blue Man Group. There's a yeah. nude contender on in town. Yeah, the, the green, green they them group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it says Green Group's ties to China will be quote top priority for House Republicans after midterms. GOP spokesperson says, and this is like the crazy thing because I I feel like this really really neatly packages up a lot of the things that the Republicans and also by extension the Democrats really want, which is to kind of tamp down on any kind of meaningful progress towards greening anything, even if it does end up being green capitalism, because it's inconvenient and it's not the markets that they're already invested in. But it also stirs up a lot of anti-China sentiment at the same time. And I really feel like when the Democrats eventually have to respond to this, it'll be really interesting to see in which ways they immediately fold like a fucking lawn chair to the Republicans Mm -hmm. and say, like, look, we agree with you. China is a major problem because like basically the head of the democratic party nancy pelosi is just about the most anti-china politician you could ever fucking ask for in the united states so nancy pelosi getting up in front of congress and pulling the sides of her eyes back and doing like a racist (laughs) chinese voice god (laughs) if it were if it were if it were the mid-2000s her ass would though like literally those 15 years are the difference do you guys see the whole rumor about xi jinping which, Which one? one? There was a rumor like a couple days ago that there was a coup in China and that Xi Jinping was under house arrest. Yeah, was that, that was what that journalist to the but the, the, was like tweeting the, about that there's like the, no planes. The like originator of the of the rumor, it like started from like a shit a shit poster <laughs> and then it made its way over to like um uh like Falun Gong affiliated news. Um so like CIA news. Or but like shadowy like rumor mongering shit, but it it came from like a fucking anime groiper. <laughs> like that's Man, who started I, the rumor. <laughs> I swear to God, if I was still the same like cynical uh. ass, like I I just don't want to be poor. I don't care who I fuck over. Kind of person that I thought I would grow up to be when I was thirteen and I read Atlas Shrugged for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just work for a publication that promotes Falun Gong and and slams on China. It would be the easiest job of all time. You just wake up in the morning and you're like, President G eats eats dry toast with jelly beans every night before he goes to sleep. Send Mm -hmm. tweet. How about instead of Falun Gong, it's uh, Phallic Dong. Huh? Huh? (laughs) I hope it's Phallic. What's what's going on if your dong isn't Phallic? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's I, also kind of a Freudian question. It's like you go to the psychi- psychiatrist and you're like, I, my dick, I think it looks normal, but there's something about it that just doesn't feel phallic and you got to get deep into your dreams to figure out what's happening. <laughs> the rare non-phallic dong. Uh, yeah, I somehow. Sig- Sigmund Freud wrote several treatises on it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it has a non-Euclidean shape that the eye can't comprehend. There's few things that are sure in life. Death, taxes, and the United States regime saber-rattling against Russia, China, and Iran. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a new thing out of Iran, too, recently, where there, this isn't even in the notes, but uh, there's a lot of news articles going around where it's like, Iran's government says they will crack down with great force on any protests. And it's like, this is coming, I think, a few days after a bunch of articles that are like, 
pro-democracy protests spring up in Iran. People are waving American flags, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> oh, it's no. like, yeah, I'd crack down on that shit too. That's a cancer. Get rid of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> those people are getting yeah. paid uh, for sure. I uh, turned yeah, it down with Jones when I pictures. see that stuff. <laughs> I don't think yeah. it was pic- pictures, but I think that they were like, they were just saying it in the articles. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because I've like there, there's a uh, there's there's a Ron protest like it's in the news lately. Like Todd was saying on the last episode, it's like the latest. Like suddenly, half of the front page of Reddit is all about this, and there's big posts that are like, "This is the new thing you're supposed to care about." Right. Yeah. Like CNN has an article: fifth Iranian paramilitary member was killed as president warns protesters will be dealt with decisively. And so this is an Iranian vo- volunteer paramilitary group that clashes with what state media calls rioters and thugs. So it seems like whoever's protesting is actually like engaging violently with state backed groups, which is like, I usually cheer for that kind of stuff, but when it's Iran and there's like a 99.9% repeating chance that the U S government is behind this, it makes me start to think like, this is just another piece of shit u.s intervention somewhere in the world where we shouldn't be sticking our noses yeah Um, we're just trying to get like some kind of uh far-right rebel group to take over the government that then is willing to like sell oil to the u.s yeah and i mean like the the protests center around a woman a kurdish iranian woman who was detained by morality police on september 13th uh who who died and like of course that's terrible that should not happen to anybody but also at the same time, like that's exactly the kind of thing that the United States likes to come in and use as a justification for causing so much more death and turmoil. And so it's it really behooves you to to take a look at this kind of stuff with as keen of an eye as possible and really try mm-hmm. to suss out what's going on. Even if you are just some fucking dude who fills vending machines in Michigan and doesn't <laughs> even have a goddamn college degree, like just try your best. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's always like one of like the key red flags you can spot is like is this genuine like is this something that you could also basically argue like the u.s is doing it's like Mm -hmm. half the states in america at this point like abortion is illegal so we have morality police who will send you to jail if you get an abortion is the u.s state department and cnn like telling us all about how like the u.s government and those states are now illegitimate because they oppress women of course not they're still perfectly legitimate but for some reason, like with Iran, it means that like now we should be taking over their government or like, I mean, like, like they're not saying that directly yet, sure. but it's like, that's the implication. Like with this kind of thing, if it's, if it's a uh, de facto defined enemy of the U.S., that's the implication is like, because they're so evil, everyone in the country hates them and they're not a legitimate government and they should be dealt with. Right. Well, and think about the way the U.S. handles this stuff over here. Like the 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 state media that we have, corporate media, state media, basically no difference. We they love it when there's a, a you know protests and rebellion in like Iran or China or whatever. But as soon as there's one here, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa! This is way <laughs> against park regulations. We're the yeah. good government, remember, yeah. Uncle Sam? Eagles, you know, really tall hats. Come on. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, as long as we're just going to wrap up and tell you that America's bad, which you already know, I suppose it's probably time for us to get out of here. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for listening to Beep Beep Lettuce. Oh, this wait, wait, wait. There was one more thing we were going to talk you wanna about. You want to hit the last thing? Okay, the let's The fucking it. based Zoomer who stole GTA 6. <laughs> That's right. Hell yeah. 
That's right. Who is a repeat offender? That's what I love about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. This guy is going to rule the fucking world. Yeah, so there's a, there's a tweet here from Matthew Keys at Matthew Keys Live, some kind of you know tech journalist or gaming journalist or something. Says update: I've confirmed the 17 year old arrested in Oxfordshire for the cyber attack on Rockstar and Uber is the same teenager that was arrested earlier this year for a hacking Microsoft and Nvidia. The teen associates with a group called Lapsus Dollar Sign. Additional arrests mm-hmm. expected. So. It looks like this might just be like a hacking team from the he internet. He did this he and like, he was only 17? Well, That's crazy. He's part of a team that did this and he's only 17, but still very cool. You think that like, I mean, because if you're good enough to hack Microsoft, NVIDIA, Rockstar, like you're probably smart enough to cover your track. So maybe this guy was just, maybe the hacking team was just like, okay, if you want to get in good with us, you have to go down for this. You're 17. They're not going to charge you as an adult, but mm-hmm. you have to take right. the fall. All right. And then we'll get, we'll get to look at those sweet pixelated titties. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll get more information once the FBI uh, arrests more people, but they, they, because uh, apparently multiple government agencies like UK, what? US, what and the fuck others are they have, doing? Well, cause why, these they, hackers, why does the FBI these... need to investigate this? The hacker groups are not all in one country, right? They communicate on the mm. internet, so they could be anywhere in the world. Um, so, so yeah, a statement from the FBI did not come through yesterday as originally expected. According to Keys, additional arrests are expected, suggesting that the teenager, identified only as AK, had assistance. Nevertheless, FBI's statement is likely to follow the additional arrests. And uh, they said that he was the mastermind behind the recent Uber hack, the company confirmed as much last week and also released a statement announcing that Rockstar, the Rockstar Games hacker was responsible for the security breach at Uber as well. So those could be true, but they could also just be companies who got hacked being like, oh, you caught a hacker? He hacked us too. Got his uh-huh. ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Done and dusted. That was who did it. Yeah, it was. I think it seemed like he was 17. Some fucking teenager on the internet. I told you we never should have given these kids the damn <laughs> smartphone. Yeah, keep in mind uh, that increasingly, uh, quote-unquote, cyber attacks are going to be blamed and used as justification to uh, do foreign imperialism abroad, attack Mm -hmm. individuals, take away your civil liberties, spend your money on foreign wars or or tech, you know, online, uh, you know, subterfuge or whatever. Right. That's that's the world we're living in. So so read this with that grain of salt. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, well, now we're finally going to get out of here. I'm going to go figure out a way to hack into the new GTA six and make it make fart sounds like that. Nice. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we we wouldn't be able to do this show without you, so thank you so much for any contributions that you give the show. Get in the Discord if you're not already in there. I just had my Discord account banned recently for joining some very shady Discords, and I got right oh, back no. in. It was no problem, so oh, okay. it's super easy to do. Uh, and so uh, listen to my other show, Work Stoppage, which is about labor. You can listen to Bryn's other show, Generation Loss, which is about watching movies and TV. And you can check out Todd's store, Doomer.shop. Thank you so much for listening. Stay high. Goodbye. And be on, y'all. Bye.